cocksucker, cocksucker, San Francisco. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, there's a, there's an invisible cocksucker next to you, and he's from San Francisco. Oh, cocksucker, San Francisco, cocksucker. Greetings to all, and to all a warm welcome to the show where we take a nostalgic trip through an entire series one season at a time, and consider them through a modern lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jack, alongside my international friend and co-host, Tony Farina. This is TV Admired when it first aired, and this is the podcast where we assess whether it stands the test of time. Elephant hunting season opens in Deadwood, a boom town full of promise and prospect, but also manipulation and murder. A lawless camp where every man, woman, and all manner else are a little bit broken, but subjective, respective principles aren't. A place where we all have bloody thoughts. Season greetings to the year of the elephant, cocksuckers! (laughs) Go I, me bastard! (laughs) Hello! Hello! Welcome back to Deadwood. Oh man, I love it. Dude, EB was left out. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Fucking EB. <laughs> oh my god. His descent into madness this season. Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. And Sanderson's portrayal is exceptional. I don't think he ever won an award for this, but man. No. It's, it's it's, a that's tough, a shame. But it's a tough cast to stand out against, right? Because everybody is doing their best work. Um but really nobody is as good as Aswaragen. So No, no, no. It's true, because um, he, he's the only one who, he, like, Oliphant didn't beat him ever for this. No, 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 no. Ian McShane is absolutely the standout, isn't he? But that's, but... He's second only... billing, but he's, but he was list, but he won for lead actor. Which, he, I mean, he is, isn't he? I mean, what, the season, the season certainly closes with him, and I love that final oh, little man. montage and shot. Um, this season... Of anybody, of any of them, is ours season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's his show. I mean, it it's it was the choice that they made to put. And I don't know how they make choices. Like their names don't come up on the same title card. They could. Mm, mm. To me, that's how I would do it. I, if I mm. were, you know, I've not watched the film yet, so um, no. I don't know if it's one of those where they do, you know, all the fans on the right and a little lower, and and yeah. you know, Mr. <laughs> Shane's on the left and a little higher. You know how they do that, like. Whatever it is, however they famous towering inferno poster is the one. Which one? Towering inferno. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And human. Yeah. And heat. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Same thing. It's like somebody's got to be top billing. That's that's just how it is. Um, You know, and that was, and that is such a thing. So to me, that's why you just are like, you know, we're just going to do it alphabetical order of appearance. There's all kinds of ways that you can get away with that and just be like, that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. I love it when they do order of appearance because then sometimes like the star is listed like fifteenth. Yeah, just some random. Yeah, bike messenger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's okay. But no, it's it is an exceptional show. It was an exceptional season, and once again, listeners, we will not be doing a worst. No, because that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> on IMDb, none of them, none of the episodes from this season rank lower than an eight out of ten. Yeah, this is the highest rated season, I think. Of, well, of the I, three. I, I liked it better mm-hmm. than, than than season one. 
um, for some reasons. There, some that's not, you know Jane's back. Yeah, that really that really helps. Um, again, they they've dumbed like she's just playing a hard drunk. She's not playing dumb, you know. And mm-hmm. again, I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I they once they figured that out, as we talked about last episode, once they figured out how to deal with that and how to just get the actor to do the. To, and again, whether it was her choice, whether it was Walter Hill directed that first episode so they were kind of locked into his vision of what jane calamity jane looked like um i love where that's going you know like Mm -hmm. uh it's yeah so i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of good here powers booth has shown up and decided he's the biggest prick of them all yeah Um, oh yeah right and he's he's just having a ball um yeah so it's it's good um so here we are it's not that much longer since we ended right um Although we do have a departure, um, I uh, why can't I think of the guy, the guy who bankrolls Joni? Um, oh, Eddie. Eddie's gone. Eddie's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because he is he is bankrolled Joni and got the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and um, definitely um, made Sai pretty pissed. So that is kind of where we begin, knowing that that is happening. So it's not that much that much time has not passed. No. Um, since the season has has ended, and so I think that's also really a smart decision. The the actors have all aged really well. Um, mm-hmm. The little girl who plays Sophia, you know, she was tiny. She's a tiny person. So, and they have her sitting down a lot. So while she clearly <laughs> grew, you can tell she's she's aged more than the yeah. show has aged. They they shot it in the right way that it wasn't mm-hmm. super noticeable. I thought. Um, no. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's one I of those. It, it, it's it's weeks isn't it more you know more than yeah. uh more than months and we, we get that once uh come on why is her name escaping once is it martha once mrs bullock arrives we get that kind of sense of the number of weeks that have passed right that yeah death claims he's been writing letters for but it's not it's not a significant amount of time is it no no yeah it's martha martha bullock yeah 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 and so that's what's happened so they're all here she's arrived with her son who's yeah well she she arrives arrived yeah 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 yeah. i mean that's official they're settled in that is the situation in the Mm. camp now and um there's tension all around Um, i mean seth has managed to build a whole house it was crazy while she well right the big shock though that's the one thing that struggles (laughs) is like this town's not that big and so mm. he's building this house over here. Everybody knows he's building the house. Alma must know he's building the house. And mm. so that whole scene of like, did you know she was coming? You didn't. When he's like, I didn't know she was coming so soon. Well, everybody knew. You don't build the house. No, I guess they. But I think they've moved it forward, haven't they? I think he was expecting a so in a few later. more weeks. Time. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Go yeah. forwards, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a little bit. I guess they knew they were having this passionate fling, and they wanted it to last for three months and it only got to last for six weeks so correct yeah yeah and it was and that's the one thing too that we have to play around with a little bit is like the prac i appreciate the pragmatic nature of of them of seth (laughs) and alma and um and ellsworth and of course trixie the mastermind of the whole thing i i really appreciate the pragmatism on full display here um Mm -hmm. i would like to do a quick shout out to the makeup artists who knew how to because again we talked about before with paula malcolmson who plays trixie like the the unique look of her and how she's a like I, I, again i said before she reminds me of bryce there's bryce dallas there's something about her that you can't look away from 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they're trying to make her look like a big uggo and everything because she's like this browbeaten, you know, prostitute or whatever. But it's like that didn't work. But in this <laughs> in this season, because she's not doing that anymore, like they mm-hmm. definitely just the way that they they made her up and the way that they sh- shoot her. Um, mm. you can see a healthy Trixie. Yes, that's you true. Know, you know what I mean? It's like such a it's yeah. it's not like when we talk about with Buffy, where it's like between season one and season two, and even more so between season two and season three, where like the actors now are not starving actors, they've all made a little money. <laughs> and except for, you know, except for Sarah, who is already a working actor, and Anthony uh Stuart Head, who they were both already well established working actors, they could do whatever they want. If their show got canceled, they'd have been fine. Um, everybody else was like starving nobodies. And so as they suddenly got money and they filled in a little and they're like, oh, you're not, a, you know, it's harder to believe that you're 15 because now you've <laughs> eaten a sandwich. Um, so it's not like that, but it, it's that sense of like they, they and maybe that is something they did to the actor. They're like, OK, Paula, you need to gain 15 pounds or you need to or we're going to make you up because she just looks different. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it it's was starting as well. Yeah, yeah, it's all very deliberate because in the first couple of episodes, she's very booby. Yeah. She's wearing a new top, which is all about like boobs are basically out. Yeah. And then, of course, as she is pushed away, and I think that's the right phrasing, pushed away by Al yeah. into, a, into a different life because he genuinely cares for her. She becomes a bit more conservative and reserved in her dress. But as you said, also, she becomes a bit more styled, I suppose, and a bit more. Yeah, healthy is the right word. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just I just think it's an interesting. So I just I, it was noticeable is what it is, and I think that's mm. another sign of like the high quality nature of this show. Like those things that you forget about, and this is the thing is we were talking off air for a minute, and I'm not we're not going to go totally down this road. But like my problem with the strikes that are happening, the writer strike and the actor strike. Not that I'm against what they're doing, but like the makeup artists aren't working. Right. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like they're not on strike, but they're mm-hmm. also not getting paid. And so that is annoying. Like that frustrates me because it's like, what's the boom operator doing? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not like a job. That's not like a side job. That's your job. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. it's to be strong and hold microphones and be quiet. There's not a call for that. Like at a, there's not anywhere else that you can go do that. So it's like a very specific skill set that people have. So mm-hmm. just to see it all on display, the set design, as we talked about how the city of Deadwood was clearly part of it. And there's, one of my favorite things is like, I didn't know about the secret passageway. I just oh, think that yeah. was such a brilliant thing. And again, it's yeah. so amazing because it's it's a new wrinkle. It's not a do sex mm. marketer thing. It's like, how do we get Al, you know, over to Merrick's office without him having to go outside? It would make yes. sense that you're like, I genuinely didn't know. So we keep forgetting the camp is not even a year old. No, exactly. But it, yeah, I agree with you. It's hilarious. And I, suddenly it's like every episode now, somebody's going yeah. backwards. <laughs> It's been happening all the time. It's just been off camera. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do a great job of writing it in there again, don't they? To it's not just a practical thing. And it is, as you said, and I like that, but it's also a character development. It's that Al really likes Merrick and Al is becoming reliant on America. Merrick is uh, feeling the same way back towards Al and Al is becoming such an integral member of this camp that people are actually trusting and putting their faith in and needing him in order to keep the camp the way they want it. It, again, it's another well-written part that shows how his status and stature within the camp is is growing and changing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Ian McShane is fucking owning it. He's just mm. exceptional. And and again, I know you have a soft spot for with Jimmy, right? That's the Johnny, Johnny the dummy. Oh, for Johnny, yeah, Johnny Johnny, the dummy. Yeah, yeah. He really, 
that, that only grows in this season, doesn't it? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's something special. And of course, my love for Wu does not diminish. Nice. And that end. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking brilliant. Okay. Well, listen. Hang die. Hang die. Oh. And he's so good. It's so good. Okay. So <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, there's a there's a guy out there, um, Mr. Hurst, who's buying mm-hmm. up the town. So the plot is all about the mysterious Mr. Hurst. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they and what they do is they subvert your expectations and they don't wait until the very last second of the last shot of the last season, show. Mr. Hurst shows up early on, yeah. early enough to to lead you into next season, but to also and I think that was really. That subverts mm-hmm. the way most shows wouldn't do that. They would just drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. And then you're like, yeah. okay, surprise. And you're like, well, okay, now. I mean, <laughs> and there is a lot of that. But I do think they they wrote it in such a way that if it doesn't get picked up, we're okay. Yeah. You know, but and so I think that was really smart. Of course, the act. And again, everybody wants to be on this show. Yeah, 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 sure. Right? I mean, again, the guest appearances, but also just like the, like, I'm going to show up for two episodes at the end. I'm the star of my own show just before that, you know, so it's like great acting, great, everything. Great, 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 great. And I, and I, and I don't feel, I'd be curious what you think as the cast gets bigger and mm. Jane comes back and we get, you know, and now obviously we have Martha and we have little Bullock and we've got all the other, you know, characters are, uh, and we've got more villains, Walcott, obviously we need to talk about him. Do you ever feel like, and granted they get rid of Eddie, but do you feel that, at any point in time, it's too overstuffed. No, I don't think I do, and I, I think what they do is they manage to focus in on the characters which you want to spend the most time with, and then they use the other characters more sparingly, but in significant, powerful ways. So maybe, maybe Ebeam is the one who suffers the most, but because he's such an insufferable prick, it's not actually <laughs> the end of the world. Um, Doc, you know, Doc loses Doc, some. We lose Doc a little bit. Yeah, still amazing every time he's on screen. But yeah, he's a bit more of a peripheral figure this season. So I think he's the only one really that I feel any kind of sense of loss about. Yeah, yeah, because when Charlie comes and goes, he did that the whole mm-hmm. first season, and he's great it's... when he's there. But when he's yeah. gone, you're like, well, that's his job. They like that's exactly. Yeah, job. that's he's... yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense for him to come and go. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's well done. I mean, obviously, Joni gets a lot more to do. Yeah, this season, yeah. which I'm for, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. I like her as an actor. I like her as a character. Um, you know, and I, again, we talked about her relationship with Charlie, and how, and we see the fruition of that. So again, it's like, well, writing, like they don't, they don't have to retcon shit in this, you know, which is always, oh. you know, and there's stuff I love that, like even comedies, they'll retcon stuff, like from seasons two to four, and you're like, why, mm-hmm. why did we, why did we do it, like. Why did we change that? I mean, if it, if uh, those things frustrate me, you're like, wait, 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 that's not what you said. Even like The Flash, I know you didn't watch any of those, but like early on in The Flash, they make a comment about Ralph Dibney, who is the elongated man and the comic books. And then later when they bring elongated man in, um, they like, it made no reference, like the, the, his like appearance and the way they created him was mm-hmm. different. And again, not different than the comic books. That's fine. It's different than your own show from two seasons uh, yeah. ago. You're like, wait, why, why did you bother saying his name if you planned on, you know, it's like, so those things get, those things frustrate me. And there's none of that. No. It's so consistent. It's like, a, yeah. it's, it's, and like you talked about, Con- not everybody's real. earned their money on this show. 
100%. And I think it's so important to me. That's what's good writing. And you and I talk all the time about the stuff that drives me up a wall when I'm writing. I was like, I got to make sure. So I was writing that other Dashwood girl. I was like, I got to be sure. I got to have this. I got to have this. And the whole issue with school uniforms, I panicked. But then I found <laughs> out I was okay. Because I was like, I'm going to have to rewrite a bunch. If it, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And you are like the only person that's going to care is you. And that may be true, but there is one other me out there who's going to read it yeah. and be like, that's not true. And I just don't want to take away mm-hmm. that. You know, I just got a review recently on Goodreads where the person was like, I, sp- I spent a lot of time on minute details. I'm like, yep. Great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I did. I did. Yeah. That person <laughs> yeah. didn't love that I did. It was, was not a, say, yeah. Yeah, they, it wasn't a positive a, review. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but you I was like, positively. <laughs> I did. I was like, you noticed. Thank you. Yeah. Good right. on you. Yeah. Yeah. He did not. That person didn't care for it. But I was like, you noticed. That was the yeah. intention. <laughs> Your criticism is that I took care and attention to the writing of my novel. Okay. Yeah. 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 But again, mo- again, most people don't care. Most people don't need sure. to know that where you set your socks down are still there in the next scene. But mm-hmm. this, there's none of that. You know, there's none of that. Um, you know, like you're ever watching a show or watching a movie and you're like, you know how they do the two, you know, the right things where it's the two shots where it's like two over the shoulder shots. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so you're facing this person, you're facing this person. So in the one shot, you're looking at one person's back, one person's front. And it drives me crazy. We're like, in this shot, clearly the person's jacket is off. I write, but yeah, in this yeah, shot, yeah. the person's jacket's on. It's supposed to be at the same, like, yeah. Who who is the none of that here? No, 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 no. It's insane, and they're like dirty, filthy, gross, and they like even know where to like put the smudge on the face. Those don't even move. <laughs> it's brilliant show. That's it, everybody. No, no, that's not true. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll go first this time because I made you go Please first this time yeah. for favorite and best. So favorite mm. comes early on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to what you were saying about um, how important he is to the camp. My favorite episode is episode four, mm. Requiem for a Gleet. Okay, yes, great title. Which is a great title where Doc and Johnny and Trixie and... Dan? Dan, yes, are all... So So up, up to this point, for the first couple of episodes, Al is sick. He's got um, splat, He's got stones. Kidney stones, yeah. Kidney stones. And, you know, this is not a time for kidney stones. And the way that they have to rid the kidney stones, like the different cures that Al's trying to get don't work so well. Um, Because he's like, Uh, trust me. No, no, no. And it's just making him worse and worse. And so they're all freaking out. And Dan... Thumb going up one... Thumb going up one way. Turns out... out The fact that they didn't understand anatomy, though. I'm sure that was a thing that somebody thought. Just stick a thumb up somebody's ass. Poor Dottie. She's a trooper. She is a trooper. She's amazing. Told. She is a do it, and it is a. There's shit a great job. line, isn't there? And it's like, um, if I'm moving away, it doesn't mean push it further up or yeah. something. It's, it, I'm not doing it justice, but it's yeah. an amazing line. Yeah, it's so good. So to me, this episode is—it's funny. We talked about the comedy. It is funny. Yeah. I mean, Swearingen doesn't do much, but he does. Like, it's so much acting out of Ian. Like he, because he can't, he's got to lay there and be manhandled. Yes. Which yeah, you yeah. know that struggle. For so I, Dan steps up. This is that moment where Trixie, she's got all this nervous energy. And she's like, she even says to Merrick, do you want a blowjob? And he freaks out and runs <laughs> off because Saul is standing right there. And at that point, everybody knows like Trixie's not tricking anymore. And, um, yeah, yeah. and he's like, Bleh! and, the, and you know, he wouldn't, I don't believe that Merrick's he, 
fancies the ladies at all in that way. Like he would not pay mm -hmm. for sex. He's just, you know, he's what he is. So anyway, so that line is anyway. Yeah, that line is yeah. Right. That line is really funny. Um, it, it, this is a really really funny episode. And then um, you know, the this, the B story with Miss Isringhausen and uh, Sarah mm -hmm. Paulson showing up and killing it like Sarah Paulson does. Right, just the show, yeah. Oh my God, she's always great. And just for her to be so like, you know, she she can do anything. She's an amazing multi-award winning actor as she deserves. And of course she shows up in like a 15th billing in, in Deadwood mm. season two. And she wasn't Sarah Paulson yet. No, I mean, no, no. That was her it. name. But this was clearly somebody saw this and was like, um, I need her on all my shows. Well, she plays two or three characters in this one show, doesn't she? So. Oh my God. She's um, yeah. amazing. It's it's outrageous what she does. Her skills are on full display. And I it, yeah. And I wonder, like, I don't know, like, did she try out for a role in season one? And they were like, well, this isn't going to work. We got to make sure we get her back. I don't know. But I'm glad she's here because she's always good. I mean, she's just mm. exceptional in this and as she is in everything. Anyway, so this episode is just lovely. Trixie says the inside stuff outside. The stuff that we all speculated about Jewel comes out of her mouth mm -hmm. about why Jewel's kept around. Reminds him of his brother. She reminds him of his brother, but he's also a good guy. And he he didn't he bought like he bought Jewel as part of the mm -hmm. package with the other prostitutes, and he didn't have to, but he did to keep her safe. Yeah, you know, and I find that really fascinating too. So I just I just think it's a great thing. It's it's a good spot. You know, you're 25 percent away into the season. You're setting the stage for the mm -hmm. season. It's a good bridge episode, and so that's why it's not the best, but it's definitely my favorite. I had way too much fun in that final scene. When they're all laying on Al after they mm -hmm. cure him. And it's yeah. like this big sweaty group hug. And the look on McShane's face is is exceptional. So that is what makes him, all of those things are what make it my favorite. Yeah. And you're right. And to add to what you said, the stakes are high. Like yeah. Al is at death's door. And this is life or death. They've contemplated whether they're going to do surgery. And then because or he's- Or stick the rod back up his dick. Yeah, but he's unable to answer, isn't he? So Dan makes the call, we're going to do it. And then something in the air tells him, no, let's go the other way again. Um, yeah, the rock goes up and the stakes come out. There was like a drop. Yeah, oh, that's right. A little, there was a drop yeah, a of drop. blood came out. And so once that happened, Doc was like, oh, if something's coming let's out. Go. Yeah. But the um, yeah, the stakes are high. And also, it's the first time I think the show, as you said, reveals its hand about Al verbally. But it's also the first time in the show where you think, Ah, oh, I really actually care about this bad guy. I know. <laughs> you you in, you like him, as we said before, in that Iago way, because of how clever and smart he is. But this episode, you go, oh, shit, I actually really care whether he lives or dies. Uh, you shouldn't. He's a horrible man. The He's thing, a terrible us to people, yeah. yeah, but you do. And that's, again, the beauty of the show, the cleverness of the show. Yeah, because he's not, he's a serial killer. Yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, he's not. He and won't he, come out of this changed. He will continue no, to right. Same man. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. The one thing you can say about him being a serial killer, he and you know, yes, he owns these women and he puts them into prostitution, but he doesn't abuse them. I mean, I know he punched Trixie in the beginning of season one, but he doesn't assault them sexually. He may punch them, and he doesn't anymore. After Trixie stood up to him, though, you never see him lay a hand on them in that yeah. way. He doesn't raise violence. So he's no saint. He's a monster. But yes, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is such it's such great writing and acting, and it's because these other people that you learn to care about. Like Dan, you know, Dan is where Johnny wants to be Dan, but we don't want that for Johnny. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and, you know, and I know that was the whole point of the episode with Kristen Bell was it came out creepy, but it was supposed to show Dan's good side, but it didn't work. And obviously mm-hmm. we know Trixie is Trixie and we know Doc is that we know they're good people. So I just, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, there was, I just thought it was a delight. I just, thought it was such a great show. And, um, and again, Sarah Paulson kills it. Uh, yeah. Agreed. That's my favorite. What about you, sir? It's so interesting picking favorite, isn't it? Because there isn't a show that is light like an episode that's light all the way through there isn't an episode which is um obviously like something that's going to make you you're not going to come out of it feeling good about yourself or the world that's that episode just doesn't exist right so when i say my favorite is episode nine oh which the okay. one that ends william getting killed, killed. by a horse. it's not because i like seeing children being killed um i just think it's a brilliantly written episode of tv that starts with a breakthrough moment for seth and william which means the episode can only end in tragedy because we're in deadwood after all right and it it pays that off but the journey to get there is wonderful and i'll come back to this point probably in even more depth when i talk about what i think is the best episode it's little moments for so many characters within one episode so perfectly handled which I think is why it's my my favorite episode, because yeah, it starts where it starts and where it finishes is emotionally moving and powerful. But you get some commentary on kind of like, and and there's a lot of commentary I think in this season even more so than season one, which is probably why I think it resonated with you more. But we get like the mob culture, don't we? When Steve leads the mob and he's angry because of the. Uh, notice that Merrick's put up from from Jerry the commissioner coming in about how they're going to annex the town and what's going to happen and and we we've got I'll call him N general um we've got N general character who I think is another wonderful little side character in this season and now he's been treated and you get bullet coming in and we said he's not a hero but he has his moments what's <laughs> his line I've got I've got it here somewhere it's something like you will disperse or something and in my intro, that's what I'm talking about. Like people have their, they have lines they will not cross or they will not see seen being crossed. You know, Bullock is not a good guy. He started the season starting a fight with Swaragin because he called out his honor, and Swaragin was right because he is sleeping with Alma. But yeah. he will not abide by more culture. Will not abide by you know racist lynchings, which is what it was going to turn into. Yeah. Not okay. And that's just one small part of this episode. There's so much going on. You've got Tom on his bike, which is a really beautiful, lighthearted moment, which, because we're in Deadwood, people aren't allowed to be happy. Nope. So we have to speak that out from under him. Um, yeah, I just think it's a wonderfully balanced episode with lots of moments going on. You've got our Miss Ingrenhausen. You've got um, somebody who I don't like, who is in something in my, like, um, like my lowlights, is I hate Steve the Drunk. Yeah, yeah, but you're meant to hate him, of course. But, um, and he has a creepy moment, but it's again, it's like perfectly put on screen. It and... is, it is creepy, but it's it's resolved quickly. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't happen, right? Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's just masterful storytelling. This episode, yeah, it's that's why it's my favorite. Or ah, why it's okay. the best. I mean, why it's I think the it's best, best for you. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. best for me for all the reasons that you just said. So this is good. I mean, it's 
we crossed over. We we agreed on both last time. So this is this is yeah. This is what I think is the best one for everything that you mm-hmm. just said. But what it does is one of my favorite episodes of Fringe was the Rube Goldberg episode, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you recall, which I just there this happens. And I and I like this is a Rube Goldberg episode too. And I think I be, I think a lot about cause and effect relationships. And I mm-hmm. know like I teach my students about um the difference between cause and effect and the slippery slope argument like one is a logical fallacy and one is can be explained but they look the same they can look the same mm-hmm. that is what happens here and that's why like you said the joy his joy of what happens is taken out from under him because to him it's a slippery slope mm. he's like i did something i tried to bring joy and i was selfish and i bought a bike and i did this thing and i should have left william alone and it's a slippery slope if i just had it's all my fault it is not remotely <laughs> His fault, no, but of he doesn't Tom. see the cause and effect. I know he doesn't see the cause and effect relationships, but we do. And that was the thing on that episode of Fringe that I loved so much was it was mm-hmm. it looked like a Rube Goldberg thing, but it wasn't. We saw what was happening. It's very well, and it goes back to excellent written, as you said about this episode. So what makes it your favorite makes it, I think, the best as well. It's all well written. I just think they had to go. They did carry over from the episode previous, the childhood things. You had to set things up, and this to me. Is so now the first one, my favorite, is 25% in. Now we're 75% in, right? Mm. So we're now we've got to come in for a landing. And just like season one, those last few episodes are one little movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is the point where the movie doesn't start. Like you could almost have this be the, you know, the introduction to that because it is really what happens in 10, 11, and 12 are like one big gut punch of an episode. Mm. Um, but the but I, but we needed to get there, and so I, I, I just think the performances are exceptional. I, mm-hmm. I think Eb, what we see behind Eb, he's you know Eb, but we see behind his, we see in his office every a little bit more, like we understand going into his office is like going into his brain a little, um, which yeah, is also creepy and stuff, you know. And again, Eb was left out was a couple of episodes ago, and he's still smarting from that. So the things he does in this episode are still from that. So to me, this was mm-hmm. just like if to use what your brilliant analogy from last season, that those final three episodes are kind of one movie. This is the end. This is the end of the first part of season two. And now we're going to come in for landing and we have to get here. So this one episode, what makes it so good for me is it is the culmination of the eight episodes before it. Yeah. There's a, this, what Mrs. Ringhausen says here is something she said there. What Mm -hmm. EB says here is something he said here. What happens with the telegraph officer is something that Trixie said here. One of my Mm -hmm. favorite things from my episode before is Trixie and Al think the same thing about the telegraph and they weren't talking Uh, to each other to know like they both feel the same. You're like, just another one of those fucking modern technology. Yeah, they're just so pissed. It's so brilliant. (laughs) I love them. Yeah. So, um, and again, like you said, of course, nothing, nothing good can, nothing gold can stay pony boy. So of course, as soon as Bullock and William have a moment we're like ah Chekhov's yeah. joy um yeah, absolutely yeah. so I, so all of that so we're on the same page it's just i think it it i i could have gone a couple of ways you know on 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 uh what i thought the best one was uh but i just mm. thought this just brought it all together if mm. this had ended the season and that's the thing too i think you could have ended the season here and then started season three with episode 10 it's that good but again, they don't do that. This isn't that kind of show where they're going to cheap it by giving you a bullshit cliffhanger. They're like, no, no, we're going to just make you wait a week, but we're going to make it brutal. 
Mm. So I almost picked the next episode as the best, but I felt like this this was it, it was a, it was a toss up for me. So, episode ten, you nearly yeah picked. yeah. So what say you for best, my friend? I mean, for all the all the same reasons we've all laid out, I think the best episode of this season is episode five. Mm. Essentially, the same reasons um, that I've said for episode nine is that yeah. it's, it's the strength of the writing again, oh. and it's little moments for every single character. So this is just after your favorite episode. Al is convalescing in bed. He's recovering. Um, when he wakes up and he's like, you fucked me while I was out. And like, he wakes up and he's straight back to Al. And everyone's like, oh, phew, thank goodness. Like, And that's these, it. Phew. Things can start recovering. Yeah, like, we're going to get back to normal. Um, it's a wonderful little moment. But um, again, like everyone gets little, little bits to do, don't they? This is kind of the key doc part of the season. And he's really excellent in this episode. Like talking to Al about his recovery and what's going to happen. And he doesn't, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't um, shy away from giving Al the truth. Which, which I, I love think, about him. He's the only one who people... can do it. Him and Bullock. Yeah. 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 That's true. And Trixie, actually. They're of probably course. The only... Well, yeah. Trixie can do it whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess if nine is like the culmination, but I guess this episode is kind of the the trigger point for a lot of things. It it's is the first, true. First time Jerry comes to town, isn't it? Um, and Nine is like the end of that arc with him. Um, is this the episode, I think, maybe when... No, maybe earlier, but when like Alma and um, Martha have a bit of a face-off in a, in a bedroom. I'm not, can't remember. And then that's paid off again in episode nine. So... I, I think it was this one. No, I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, you're right. so again, yeah, it's, they're like kind of bookends to this kind of part of the part of the season. Um, yeah, because this is when Mrs. Ingrausen reveals what she's up to. Yeah, and that's when Sarah Paulson the... plays that other, right, a different version. Of yeah, version two. God, she's so, so I think again for all that all those reasons, really, um, it's the kickstart, and I think just yeah how they managed to balance, and we said it right at the start, new characters coming in, the characters already there, some side characters that are important. I think, um, yeah, it's done wonderfully. It really is. It, it, I agree with everything that you're saying, and I think what's interesting, too, is we're learning... We already know how smart Al is. Mm -hmm. And we feel, up until this point, I think, in the series, as we say in America, the whole series, not the season, um, but it's a series. It is weird. I never understood why you guys call season series, <laughs> series one, series two. Um, like I don't, words are fun. I've never done the etymology of why we say it differently in our countries. But um, this is the moment where you realize how smart Seth is, that it's mm -hmm. not, he's not just riding Saul's coattails. He is for a lot of things. Um, but he's he's got a different kind of intelligence, and we see it here. Like you said, he's got lines that he won't cross, and so his emotional intelligence has always been high, which is part of his problem, which is mm -hmm. why he's mm -hmm. so full of anger, because he's he, all of his emotions are all on his sleeve, and he's got this sense of guilt, which is why he's with Martha and why he has William. Like, he has yeah. no obligation to them. He actually only made their lives worse, which Martha kind of says later, <laughs> we should have just stayed in Michigan. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, Faux show. You should have. Um, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> but, 
you know, like they didn't need to get married. He was under no obligation to them. And Saul has said that to him from the beginning, but like, so his emotional, so like, you've always felt like his emotions rolled up, but this is a moment where he like actually has a plan. Like he sees, he sees the connections between the, I need to stop this. If I don't stop this, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not just that it's a line that won't be crossed, which is his, but he also knows what will happen. If he sees the, if then he sees the cause and effect, if I don't get involved with this, where nobody else is the only other person who sees why he did what he did is Al. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it kind of puts them because they're not playing like Bullock is playing checkers and Al is playing chess. Mm -hmm. This is the yeah. first time you see that Bullock could maybe play. Mm. You know, Al, that, yeah. Al comes to recognize it too, doesn't he? Which is why yeah. ultimately he gets brought into and becomes very important to Al's plan. So yeah, that's a that's a really interesting yeah. comment. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because that, but I think, but but again, like we said, it's all good writing. It's like. You've waited. They they waited this long, you know. So what? This is episode seventeen of the series mm -hmm. total to finally reveal that Bullock isn't just a, an id. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, because that's what he seems like. He's just a walking hormone up yeah. to this point. You know? <laughs> true. Yeah. He's angry all the time. He's mean to his best friend. He's mean to the women he loves. He's mean to the woman that his friend loves. He's mean mm -hmm. to the person who owns the camp. Like he, they almost didn't get to buy the hardware store because he just couldn't shut up. And that, yeah. you know, that first season with Saul's like, what's about, I'm, I thought you said you'd be quiet. I thought you said yeah, you were yeah. going to say nothing. Shut up and say nothing. You know, and that, and then when you look back, like Saul getting him to go out of town to fetch the guy, you know, to who killed Bill was really he's like, I just need to get him the fuck out of town for a while. Yeah, he yeah, needs yeah, to yeah. go. You need to take a time out. Seth. <laughs> he sends him out, you know, so I just think it's it is it's a moment of of. Um, and again, it's as Oliphant has grown as an actor, too. It, it made sense too to allow it. You know, he could pull mm. it off. The yeah. And so there's a, yeah, there's a lot of duplicitousness happening. Yeah. Excellent choices. I think we're, I think we're geniuses. Um, I can't, I can't fault us for our choices so far. No, I, I mean, sport for choice as well, I think is the other thing. I mean, could have been episode one, could have been episode 12. They're really excellent bookends for the entire season. No, it's true. Um, no, it's, it is true. Seamless, like episode one, seamlessly linking on, as you said, from the end of uh, season one and then, episode 12 like perfectly setting up what's to come so yeah there's in a in a season of 12 episodes we could talk about five as being very good shouts favorites and best quite easily yeah i think that's true i think that's totally true uh, the least favorite was hard there isn't in worst everybody i struggled to even find a least favorite like the, and so I'm going to cheat a little, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's just a few moments in a few episodes I just don't like. But there was nothing, there was no, not one thing that made a whole episode be like, eh. I thought they were all excellent. And I know that's totally cheating, but it's so good. Like episode seven, EB was left out, which again, mm -hmm. is really funny for a lot of reasons. But like, and again, as much as I love what Sarah Paulson's doing, um, that took a little longer than it needed to take. Sure. I felt yeah. like, again, because we already know how smart Al is. He, it, I don't know. I felt like he got, and I know he was playing a dupe. Like he, he's mm -hmm. in He had her number the whole time, but like, so that one, and then um, the one where Walcott first shows up episode three, 
I yeah. hate him, of course. He's the worst human being ever, and I hate what he does, and I hate how he treats mm-hmm. Joni. But also, we spend a lot of time at Shea Me, mm-hmm. at Joni's place, and I like Joni, but I don't necessarily care about Maddie or the new. I don't. Prostitutes. Yeah, no, he. Yeah. So those were the considering two... most of them are all gone within another couple of episodes. Yeah. Right, because as we as Wolcott, also a serial killer, turns out Deadwood could have been Deadwood Colton. There's a lot of serial killers out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I. I struggle a little bit with the way that Walcott's mental, that they play it as a mental illness. And you find out later when her shows up, he's like, I did it in Mexico too. It's like a compulsion. Like they're treating it like um, he's almost on the spectrum a little and that that's why he kills people. And I don't love like, and he only kills women and he's got all the weird proclivities or whatever. I don't know. I just didn't necessarily mm-hmm. love all that. But again, the actor was good. I get it. I get what they're doing there. I don't think it yeah. was pointy. I mean, the actor so was-, was good because did you recognize him from season one? No, he so was in Garrett, season one. Yeah, that's Garrett. That's Garrett Delahunt. Yeah, yeah. Francis, who was Jack McCall in season one? Oh my God, I did not recognize him at yeah, all. Yeah, that's right? amazing. Wow, wow. Yeah. Why did they do that? that? Same Just to fuck with us. Yeah. Yeah, He's I don't know. Fun to be around. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe they felt like you know he had more to give, and he definitely did. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't. I didn't even pay attention to that. So anyway, so to me, I'm cheating. So it's like. Part of episode three and part of episode seven, but neither of them were like least favorite. There was just like a couple of things here and a couple of things here. I just, yeah. I struggled. So I'm, I cheated. So you tell me which is your least favorite. And then I could be like, that was my least favorite too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've done it. You give me the perfect oh. reading. Episode three is my least favorite episode. Mm. Um, I just don't feel like it, it progresses much really. And it, it just suffers for not having our in it. And I know he's not really in episode four either, but because that's the getting him to the recovery stage, episode really is just Al laying in a bed or actually Al laying on the floor of his office and then not being able to get in, in the room. Um, so, yeah, I just, again, it's not one to skip, but there's just large swathes of it that don't really do anything, I don't think. We're introducing... JME matters for Walcott. It yeah. matters for Joni, and then it matters for Gene. So the place has to exist. Like it needs to be established. Yes. So that is really it's establishing JME as a locale. Yeah. Like we already know it exists. We know from episode one. Yeah. But we only see it when she first goes in. And it's like this dirty thing. Yeah, I just don't care about Maddie. I don't care like that. That isn't appealing. Walcott's weird sexual proclivities. Yeah. No. I don't love the way that they have Joni kind of sort of be frustrated that she can't turn him on or do anything. It's like, you don't even like dudes. Yeah. Like, right, you yeah, should be yeah. thrilled that he doesn't want anything to do with you, but she's like put out by it. And I know she's projecting that at Cy because she and Cy are fighting. And I understand mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And again, you're right that this one, Al just lays on the floor and shakes. And in episode four, he lays in the bed, but he's got to act his ass off. Yeah. Like this one, he's just got to lay in shake. And I know that's hard, yeah. but in episode four, even though he doesn't talk, it's they're like literally manhandling him and they're throwing him around and they're, and I just think I love what Dan, like Dan steps up in that episode, you know? And it's like, mm. right, you're, we're, the gem is missing from episode three. Yeah. That's it. The, yeah. the things they take out and replace them with, it just doesn't match, does it? And where we said before, like, you know, moments for characters and little subplots that really matter and 
you know, think of like Tom on the bike and then you get that heartbreaking moment in the next episode when Jane finds him crying behind the oh. bar. Like those little subplots really matter for characters and for and for pushing the story forwards. But, you know, um, Farnham selling while Bill Hickok's letter, like it sort of comes back later for Charlie, but not really. And um, yeah, like Walcott going to the to the Bell Union, like who cares? And um Alma like offering to buy the hotel, like all the like and and that uh, it just it feels it it's as close to filler as we get in this show. Correct. Correct. Is this the one though? It's not this one. It's not episode three where she um where the cook, what's his name? Um oh is it Farnsworth or that's not it. Oh shit, I'll think of his name. When he when he walks her across He the... walks her across Richardson. Oh amazing. Richardson, yeah. There's he is amazing. And the guy who plays him is called Ralph Reichson, and he plays Richardson. Yeah. And he's great. He doesn't speak in the whole first season at all. And then he starts to get to talk. And the way that he falls in love with Alma, rightfully so. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. I love that whole I love all of that. So I don't know if that's in this one or if it's in the next one too, when she walks in. Starts praying to antlers, doesn't it? Yeah, because she she, yeah. she picks up an antler to use as protection, and so then she yeah. gives it to him, even though she just stole it. She's like, "Will yeah. you return this for me?" And he won't because he's like, "It's a gift. She gave it to me." And so I just think that was he's yeah, great, and again, it it definitely gives him stuff to do, and he's a funny side character in the way he plays out with Eb later. But again, it could have been anywhere. Yeah, and I don't even know if that was this episode or if it was the that, next. Yeah, episode. I was just yeah. I was just scrolling yeah. through trying to see. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, but it feels like. Yeah, maybe it, it wasn't even this one. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's in this one, but again, yeah, it's just not. It's just not great. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, so it's like part parts and parts, um, mm. between those two, and and it just. But again, there's nothing terrible, right? You wouldn't skip it. Um, no. but you might be like, oh, it's okay if I miss part. And I guess it's like we said with season one with the the Kristen Bell subplot. It's yeah. like it, it's fine, but it's not doing much. And here, like kind of Walcott's introduction to the camp is fine, but ultimately he is not that important of a character, really. Turns out he's not. No, he's just there to he's to do the bidding of Hurst. He's going to be an important character, sure. Um, because Walcott's gone by the end of the season. What an ending! Yeah. Oh my God, that was again what a shocker! What a what a great what a great way! So so he kills himself, right? Or did somebody push him? Did somebody it, kill him? I've always assumed, yeah, he hangs himself because he's been rejected by Hurst, and yeah, Hurst is buying him out oh. and sending him away because Hurst doesn't know. Hurst assumed when he killed all the women in New Mexico, there was a reason for it, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "I told you the reason. I can't help myself." And he's like, "You fucking sicko!" Like he doesn't. Yeah, he wants nothing to do with him, and I think that's. And again, the actor is exceptional in the role, but mm. you know, oh, and yeah, again, yeah. I hate Walcott as a character. Um, so obviously, he's pretty bad. Um, in a town of terrible people, to be the mm. worst person. So <laughs> is he worse? Is is Walcott worse than San Francisco Coxsucker? Oh, good question. I mean, no, I guess not. Because he talk about that. Buying and selling and starving and burning people. Burning them a lot. Yeah, gross. Yeah, he's the worst. So, um, no, but he's such a small character, isn't he, that he doesn't have enough of a role, I don't think, to make it an impact. Mm. 
But no, you're right. A San Francisco cocksucker is definitely worse as he's, a human being. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. He's awful. And I, I, I like the way that I honestly, I have to say like the way that that resolves itself with, mm. with all of them, with the, with Dan and Johnny and what's his nuts putting on the faces. Adams. And, yeah. Adams. And the, and the, and at the very end, he's like, how do you do? Cause it turns out Mr. Rue's a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been. I mean, and again, he is as the as the season ends, and you learn again the extra layer of woo. I still think he speaks English. I, I still think it's it a ruse until you said it. But now yeah. I watched that in mind. I can see. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just. It's. I, I love feel it when like... swear. When I was talking to Hearst and he's like, I've already heard him say three things. Yeah. Cucksucker, swagging. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't remember what the last one is. San Francisco, isn't it? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Cucksucker, swagging. Yeah. Yeah. Swagging. <laughs> he's amazing. And 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 again, he's such a he's such a pivotal character. Mm. And he's not in it enough, but it's important that he's not in it enough. You don't want to watch, you can't watch Mr. Wu. That's not a show. No. Well, what, I mean, maybe they should have done a spinoff. I mean, right, Mister Wu, the, <laughs> the the early years, how Mister yeah, Wu comes yeah. to be. He's so good, and the actor is spectacular, as we discussed before. But I just think the character so realized. It's so amazing. He's got this whole robust life, and again, it's just such mm. a simple line. Like he's a fucking badass, and you see it all. He's the one. The whole plot again. He works out a way to kill San Francisco cocksucker and to blame everything. And he totally is part of taking Hearst down and all of this. All of this mm. has happened because he is, we learn, Al's equal. Woo is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He is, but we just don't know what he's saying because he's not saying it out loud. Where Al can't mm. stop talking to a head in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Another great moment in the season. What the it? fuck? What? I mean, like, he's that lonely for Trixie. Is that what it is? Because when he's... He talked to Trixie, and when he talks to the other gal, Dolly, yeah, it's not the same. She's not as smart as Trixie. Nobody no. is, right? No, he's Trixie's his equal, uh, you know, intellectually too. And, and while she can't do math, or so she says, she gets super pissy. She's not really mad about that. She's mad about everything else. And I love yeah. how patient Saul is with her. He's so great. <laughs> he's such a great guy. I love him so much. I mean, they're my favorite. They're like my power couple, right? Trixie and Saul. Yeah. I love them both. But um, but. Dolly just doesn't give him the same anything that Trixie did. Well, one thing. One thing. One thing. But Beneath, she, I yeah. don't think that, but she has to be instructed a lot. Sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't, and it's not that Trixie enjoyed it either, but Dolly definitely is is not, doesn't care. She just would no. like him to shut up. Um, But anyway, so I just, it's just such a cool moment when you realize how smart Wu is and how he's, mm. how, and so it's like, he can't talk to Wu. Trixie's not there. He can't talk to Dolly. So he's got to talk to a head in a box because he's got to have somebody yeah. to talk to. But it must be significant. And, you know, you might talk better, better to this than I would. It's significant that it's an Indian. Yeah. Yeah. Use their language, yeah, Native yeah. American, but yeah. Jesus' language is an Indian head in there. There's got to be something significant. In, like, obviously, they're in the, they're in the territories and it's their land and it's his, another way of him, I guess, showing his power over. I, it is. I think it is. I think there's something about the idea of the scalps 
um, that that you know um, that Native Americans would take, you know, and then mm -hmm. when then we, what we not you and me, but like asshole white Americans um, and settlers would then scalp Native Americans, and that's how you would show that you killed them was you'd bring in their scalp. So it's like he's got the mm -hmm. whole head in a box, and so there's definitely like it's definitely a power thing. When yeah. you think about when Seth fought the guy when he was on the road to kill mm. the fuck face. Um, and that was like a respect thing. Like they fought each other evenly. The only reason Seth didn't die is because he had to do a certain thing and they've got their own rituals. And, and there's a layer of respect in the way that he and Charlie treat his body at the end, even though they didn't need to. So yeah, I definitely think it's a power thing for him, but it's also like, he's losing it a little. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> he needs to, he but again, I think it's to come back to uh, like Al's intelligence and him being a chess player that he has to he has to verbalize his ideas, doesn't he? Correct, correct. And if he doesn't, what will he do? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. for us too. It's exposition for us too. It, again, it's just it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand what you're saying half the time, but um, <laughs> I sort of sort of listen and think like I've got about a tenth of that maybe, but that's enough. That's enough for the next scene, so I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, between the kind of lots of people say something like the Shakespearean esque complication to the language and the delivery and the accents and the yeah, I don't always get it all. I don't think, but um, yeah, I just think yeah, he could say things to Trixie before that he knew she would understand, but she would never question and she would never go against him. Or but he can't do that with Dan. He can't do it with Johnny. A little bit with Adams. He trusts Adams. Adams lot. is not as smart as Adams is still a beta though. Like, yes, yes, you know yes, what I mean? Yes. He's not a, he's not going to be like Jules smarter than Adams, but Adams just has some yeah. business acumen. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. he and doc, if he and doc wouldn't bother each other so much, they could be really good friends. He could yeah. sit now, but they like annoy the fuck out of each other. And I <laughs> yeah. love that. Their antagonistic relationship is beautiful. And I love everything about it. So again, there's just a certain, and you, again, he learns he could probably talk to Bullock. Well, I was going to say he's the only one, really, that if it wasn't the head in the box, it would be Bullock, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. But again, they're both too volatile, so it's never going to happen. I know. I know. It is. And it is. It, their personalities are so strong in different ways. Doc has PTSD, <laughs> obviously, um, and that's why he's the way that he is. <laughs> you know, Al saw the way his – and they all have. They're all suffering from horrible life syndrome. Yeah. Oh, I see. Everybody's yeah, yeah. life sucks. Um, and again, Martha, yes, we should have stayed in Michigan. Yes. Seth, why would you ever think like once you landed in, in here, you should have said, you know what? This isn't going to work out. Although to be fair, she did. She took the choice to come out. So he hadn't called for her yet, had he? No, that is true. No, that is true. That is true. But he, you know, that, that's a good and point. Let's be honest. He probably might prefer it if she stayed as well. He 100% would have. And obviously everybody's life would have been slightly different. Um, yes. Which is, that's one of my modern lens things, actually, is mm, that, is that thing with Alma. Um, mm. So, Trixie, again, playing, playing matchmaker, mm. um, re when she realizes that Alma's pregnant, she, oh my God, Trixie has aborted seven children. We learned. Yeah, it's really hard to hear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, you know, I, they weren't children. She had she aborted seven pregnancies. She aborted, you know, and again, they weren't children. I'm not saying like she's she, I'm not I'm not that person. That's not what I'm saying. But you can tell oh, yeah, by the yeah. look on Trixie's face. She didn't. That's how she sees it. Trixie mm -hmm. sees that as seven children she could have had. She doesn't see them as seven pregnancies. Yes, they were unwanted pregnancies. And because mm -hmm. of her profession, 
it is a thing that happens. But like you learn, like, holy shit. Um, and so she tells Alma what to do, and Alma's like, I'm gonna have the baby, because she's obviously Seth is the father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she convinces Ellsworth, the nicest human being in all of Deadwood, <laughs> me except for Saul. They're after this though. I mean, I feel like Ellsworth wins. The nicest guy in Deadwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the way like, he talks about it and he's such what a... his role is going to be. Yeah, and, and he uh... understands. Yeah. Yeah, he understands. He knows who the dad is. Mm-hmm. He knows what his role... He's just such a... She and doesn't know... love and she does really love Seth. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, she, yeah. but they are, there is a mutual respect between yeah. the two of them. And he is looking... He, he really like, loves Sophia. And Seth doesn't give a shit about Sophia at all. And so for him, he gets a chance to have his daughter back. His because he mm-hmm. lost a son, right? A wife and son. And um it previously, Ellsworth did, you know that his wife and child died. So it's like he sees mm-hmm. Sophia. He's like, Oh, I could be a dad. I was a dad. I want to be a dad. Like just because yeah. my kid died, it doesn't mean like I'm suddenly not a dad. And you see, he just wants that desperately. So he's such a great guy. But anyway, so all of that to say through the modern lens it's just like everything else with the language the use of the mm-hmm. you know the word indian instead of native american and the, you know the the horse can come to is the name of the one, <laughs> one episode and obviously lots of uh, racist um sexist homophobia happening here um the the women is property kind of thing like there's no conversation that elma could just have the baby no oh yeah you know no. and like and I understand it's just period accurate, but like when you look at that ever through a modern lens, it's always hard to, to take. And the fact that Trixie had to have seven abortions because at no mm-hmm. point in time that she couldn't have, she wouldn't have been allowed to, and she wouldn't want to have raise children in that world, you know? So again, mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. I think through the modern lens, it's, it's done very pragmatically and it's talked about very honestly and it doesn't make, I don't like it, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's done in a creepy way or anything. It's like done very respect. It's like, this is it. This is just him being practical. And honestly, if this were set, they're both being practical. And if this were set today in 2023, in the exact same situation, a guy like Ellsworth would do the same thing. He would say, it wouldn't necessarily be like, let's get married. He'd be like, I'm here. Yeah, We're yeah, already yeah. business partners. So, Because they're business partners. He and Ellsworth and Alma are business partners. So he'd be like, I'm here. If you need a dad for Sophia, I'll be a dad for Sophia. If you need a dad for the new, whatever you need, I'm your guy. I'll be yeah. your Friday. So- I think that was handled interestingly. Like again, for hmm. a show that takes place then that was written in 2005, we talked about it last week. Because no, again, we nobody can talk about the female experience like two straight white guys, as we know, <laughs> we're the best to talk about it. But I do think it's really pretty well realized, and I think it's they're all yeah. very pragmatic and honest about it. So it was it was refreshing. The conversation was had. It was a conversation that women today would have. Like Trixie goes mm-hmm. up to her and is like, "You need help getting an abortion? I'll help you." Yeah, And then Alma's like, no. And she's like, okay, are you sure? She's like, yep. All right. I'm going to help you this way then. Like, it was like really solid women helping women. I loved that. And I think there's a lot of that again this season. I think we spoke about it in season one and how that I'd read there'd been these criticisms and I couldn't see it because I could see all these women coming to support women in season one. And it happens a lot here again. Trixie is the linchpin for that. Yes. But, um, Jane and Joni towards the end of the season is another great pairing. Ah, I love them together. Yeah, Joni helping Jane sort of get herself out of the gutter, I suppose, is the, is the only way to put it, really. 
but knowing that she's getting something out of it as well. And I think we do have have little moments throughout. And even, you know, with Martha and Alma in the scene when they're putting their safe in just before William gets um, killed by the horse, I think, you know, they have a little moment of like, let's not, to, I'm going to use a crude term, but I mean it in the, you know, yeah. let's not bitch, bitch fight over a man. Right, let's move on. Exactly. Let's move on and let's be strong women and know that we are needed for our roles. I need to be a teacher. You need to uh, own the bank and we are going to be important to this camp. And so I think there are still lots of those moments like that. I found, I think I found the Alma plotline really interesting because I can't decide now how many times I've seen it, whether she is just waiting for things to go wrong with Martha and Seth and for Seth to come back to her or whether she is genuinely contemplating doing it by herself mm. before, before the Ellsworth situation comes up. I can't quite tell from the story or from the performance. It almost feels like initially she's like, well, I'm going to have it and I'm going to, I'm rich. I'm, you know, I'm not going to struggle. I can hire nannies. I can have 10 Mrs. Ingrahausen's or whether it's that she's just biding her time. What did you think? That's a good question. Wow. Um, I think it can be both. Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't love that, but I feel like she's made that decision because she's rich. She's the rich. She can own the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't sell to Hearst, no matter what they do, because uh, because she's got Ellsworth, but also because she knows if shit went down, Seth would show up and blow the fuck up out of everybody. So she's not worried. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like she's got Ellsworth, who's who's really smart and really strong and really talented and knows what he's doing and has a good head on his shoulder. So he. He'll handle it all above board. But if somebody needs to stick a dude in the middle of the night, she knows she's got that too. So I feel like she, so I don't mean like she's hanging on a hook waiting for Seth. I think her, I do believe she was Mm. planning on doing it on her own. And then if things went awry, she'd Mm -hmm. be there. Like she wasn't going to go manhunting. She was just going to raise the bait, raise Sophia, raise the new baby. And then what happens happens. And if Seth comes Mm -hmm. around, she's there. And if he doesn't, that's okay. Like she wouldn't, if it weren't for Ellsworth, she wouldn't be with anybody else. There was mm-hmm. no other man who was going to turn her eye, no matter how many people would, um, no matter how much Richardson loves her. That's not going to happen, man. <laughs> you know, um, he's so great. He, he just loves her so much. So anyway, that's how I feel. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about it. That that it was not an either or. It was a both. It was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, like the decision had been made. Um, but you know, now I, I think you could see it though. You could, it could have been played that way. And that when then Ellsworth makes the proposal and she realizes, okay, I do have this other option and I do have this other thing. And it would be best for Sophia and best for the baby mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she's being practical because again, pragmatic women, the women are the pragmatists in the show. Yeah. Wow. All the way. The men are not. Not just the show. Yeah. Yeah, in the world. Correct. Facts. <laughs> Correct. In the world still today. Again, very accurate through the 2023 odds. Women are the pragmatists. And I know it's always funny. Like, women are so volatile and emotional. I'm like, have you lived with a woman? The people <laughs> who say that have never lived with a woman, especially a woman who has given birth. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this out loud. Um, having, you know, lived with living with a woman who gave multiple births. Like, there's nothing more pragmatic. There's nothing more about understanding what life and death is. And like, I think like giving birth and we can't understand it. So I feel like 
Women are so emotional. Mm, I would love to see a man have to give birth. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And then you'd be yeah. like, okay, well, who's, you know, who's over? Kind of did in uh, episode four of. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm just joking with no, no, course, he's not. Of course, of course. Course. I'm just yeah, joking. Yeah, no, no, that's funny. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think I think you're right. But again, that is what's so. Um, that's well said. It's not just this show; it's in the world. So it is very accurate. It is, it is accurate that I think she's just being a pragmatist, um, and being that she is essentially the camp matriarch now. Yeah, she's doing what the camp matriarch should do. She's setting a good example for Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um. Of you know because Ellsworth loves her, mm. you know it's like she's giving Sophia a dad, mm-hmm. and and he's happy to do it. And Bullock couldn't do it; he barely liked William. He never loved William. No, he's never gonna love William. You know he 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 doesn't have that in him. He doesn't love Alma. I don't think he does. Hmm. Just loves the i well, lust the idea of what. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely, you know, she's, she was someone who was unattainable for a moment. And then she was, and I think uh, he likes the idea of her, Mm. but he's also like, she's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't see their, I I see their, their commitment there. I don't know that Seth knows how to love anybody. Yeah. He knows how to do things that are respectful. Mm. And he's done this disrespect that's why he beats up Al. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he dis he felt disrespected, but you're the one who did yeah. it. Al, like you said, yeah. Al just yeah. called it. Um, yeah, yeah. Al just said words out loud and the truth, and you didn't like it. So mm-hmm. he there's guilt there. Um, but I don't think yeah. that he's defending Alma's honor by getting into a fight with Al. He's no, fighting no, with no, himself. It's all about himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Al's Al's a stand-in for him. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that there's love there as much as there's like he's there's clearly regret. If he really loved her, then he would have told Martha not to come. Martha, I mean, he could have he could have ridden home to my, to Michigan and told her to his face. But they weren't living together. He was already a sheriff in Montana while she was in Michigan. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing about Martha like, but he feels this weird sense of duty more than love. And maybe by the time you know, and again, I'm not. You've watched it all multiple times. I haven't. I stopped. I held back. I was going to just keep watching it all. And I was like, no, I want to get through this. And now starting tonight, I'll watch season three. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So that's my feeling is Seth. And maybe, you you know, maybe it's, I will be um, disabused of that in season three. But that's not how I feel right now. The way Olaf no. is playing it anyway. I, know, I don't think you will. I think maybe it's just our, I think we've just got a slight, slightly different read on him. I do think he does. Mm what he understands love to be love mm, but i think it's because well he can't have it that it burns so bright as all these things always do because it was always going to be finite and because they know they can't have each other it makes those feelings feel stronger right so mm. yeah long term would it have worked out who knows probably not because i don't think any relationship for but it would work out necessarily long term oliphant seems drawn to those kind of characters but um he does. Having just, fin- having just finished Primeval last night. Oh, God. You didn't even tell me that before we started uh, recording. Because you, to... you knew we wouldn't even, we would never get recording if you told me that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, so that, but that's been an interesting experiment watching young Oliphant and now old, well, I say old in inverted commas, still re- ridiculously ripped, handsome, just <laughs> grey Oliphant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
just because that that moment in the finale, I think that look between them to me, it is longing, it is emotion, but it's acceptance that it's acceptance. And I love that Al that says, we have to move up the road, pal. Yeah, like, yeah. Al's like the turn conduct- right, turn right. And yeah. with him up there, it's a very I love that ending that he's conducting. Yeah, oh, 100%. The music's playing. Walcott dies. All of this stuff is happening. Hurst is like doing this. EB is going crazy. And it feels like Al is conducting it all from being up there. And I love that. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that's what it felt like to me that he's up there. Oh, definitely. Literally. Because he won't join in in anything with any of the the people. He won't go to the funeral. He won't go to the wedding. He won't go to the party. But he's out there. Yeah. And I love that moment with the funeral when he like... He wants to look and he's peering around the corner and he runs yeah. back in when he sees them coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. But the Hearst symbolically smashing walls will um is a pretty important moment too. And we'll only uh... Oh, without a doubt. I mean that was clear. <laughs> that was that was no subtext there. No, I no, understood. No. <laughs> um God, it's so great. The one thing I will just keep coming back to how 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 shocking it is. I mean, again, I don't like, you know, obviously the racist, sexist, homophobia against all of that. I'm against that because um, there's all of those things on full display. Again, they are period accurate. These are obviously not racist, sexist, homophobic actors. Mm. Um, so for a show from 2006, about 18, whatever, it's pretty modern. It's pretty sensible. Like I actually think and again. It's a tone setter for TV. Not only does it give us Sarah Paulson as an actor and it launches Oliphant and, you know, reminds us that Powers Booth is and, you know, and William Sanderson and all these great character actors and Brad Dorff. Everybody's amazing. Like you're reminded of all of these. But like Doc loves Jewel. Like they they're a couple. Mm. And it shows it at the end. Like at the very end at the wedding, he walks up behind her and he wraps his arms around her. And she leans back into him and it's on camera left. They don't talk about it. It's just there. And again, like, what a thing. Like, now you think that that moment makes you rethink when he's mm. fighting with her in season one about he doesn't want to put this thing on her because he loves her how she is. Yeah, you don't sure. know that. Yeah. Like, this is the moment you realize they've been a couple this whole time. And that is awesome. I like, I, I, I just think that is so cool. And again, that is like, you know, that's the least ableist thing you could do. You know what I mean? Like Doc's like, it's not like he's like, oh, I only love her cuz. He loves her cuz. She's her. He didn't want her to fix her leg. He was worried about her. Mm. And it wasn't just like, so you, in season one, you think, oh, he's just worried about her because he's Doc. He's worried about everybody. And then you see, and you know, you saw them dancing, but it didn't Mm. feel like this. So if it was just from that moment that when they danced, they just stayed a couple or whatever. And she makes the joke when she does the thing. She's like, I turned a trick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even like, you can tell and i don't know if that was like written i feel like everything was written but like the ian mcshane handled that like with shock and so i don't know if she improvised that line she's kind of laughing her way through it which is the way jewel is (laughs) jewel's always got a laugh in her mouth that Mm. actor jerry jewel is her name who plays jewel is exceptional again another didn't win an award because how do you stand out in a show like this but she's always exceptional so I just think through a modern lens, like just to have that be a side to thing. We're not even going to talk about it. But the camp doctor is in love with the camp gimp. And it, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, it doesn't mean any, he doesn't. It's not he's not abusing her. It's not taking advantage of her. It's a genuine thing. So I just thought, oh, so mm. well done. Yeah. Like that. What a cool thing to do. There's not a lot. You know, for we talked about last week, last month, Westerns are notoriously bad for women. 
a character yeah. like Jewel is different in a different mm. different hands in a different series. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of moments like that that this season that stand out. There's Jane sharing the bottle with. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I don't. We're in not general. Say that. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. general, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's oh. like. And he's like, I, but I can't, you know, I can't, I won't drink this. She's like, I don't care who sees me drinking a bottle with you. Yeah. And like, don't, don't wipe the lid. You don't need to wipe the lid and all this kind of stuff. Like yeah. wonderful little moment of like, you're a human being. I want to share a drink with you. When oh, and when they finds... have to run off, that's really. Yeah. But even that cool. gave us a little bit of hope though. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, for half a second. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think when Doc finds Jane earlier in the season and she's in a really bad way. But he's like really respectful. Like I need to undress you. Are you okay? Like I just think there's lots of little moments like that in the show where they really have thought about how they want to represent characters, and it doesn't matter that it's all that way back then because it's being shown now. And actually, yeah, I think there's lots of little moments like that. Yeah, I think that's what makes it work. I think that's what makes yeah. it like when you think of the shows. Like again, you know, like Friends is still Friends, and people still watch Friends or whatever. But like mm-hmm. Friends does not hold up that well in my in a lot of ways yeah it's true yeah, yeah, yeah. there's uh, yeah for a lot of i mean that's a different thing like if we were to ever do seasons greetings friends i realize there'd be lots of least favorite and worst episodes there's lots sure. of terrible things that happen mm-hmm. on friends things that are really that is a really racist sexist homophobic <laughs> really bad um not to say that the jokes aren't funny when they're funny, because they are. Mm-hmm. And not to say the performances on all six of them aren't exceptional, because they are. They're all acting their fucking asses off. But you're like, that show doesn't hold up. Like, mm-hmm. the Dick Van Dyke show holds up better than Friends. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I think it does. And that's like a 1950s sitcom, <laughs> where, the one, where the wife stays at home. Um, yeah. You know, so this fucking holds up. It's so... What makes it so good is that it is set in a time and place, but it is it has changed the way we can do TV. It's changed mm-hmm. the way we talk about about that pragmatism and the female strength. It's going to flip it on its head. It's not going to do the easy thing. I just interviewed a comic writer yesterday, and he said something that was so brilliant. And he was like, "I would, I, I was tired of." He said, "I'm tired of telling stories where the trans character is the victim, so that we can all learn a lesson from it." Right. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, it's so mm. true. He's like, what? Can't you just be the hero, or can't you just be the person? Can't you just be mm-hmm. like, in jolt? You know, they don't make a comment that Laverne Cox is. She's just Laverne Cox. Like they're not like, this is my trans partner. You know, it's like, nope. She's just the woman. She's just the partner. They don't discuss it. That's not part of it. Like that's what that's the that's what we want, right? That's the way that we're moving. But that idea to say, well, we can have a character who is trans that we talk about being trans, who isn't the victim. And this, I love that. And this Mm -hmm. is saying we can have women who are victimized, who are treated poorly because they're women, but they're also aware of it and they're being honest about it and pragmatic about it. And there are people like Doc. There are people in the camp who are Mm. being respectful. And Bullock is respectful of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Al learns from Trixie and obviously Saul always has been. Saul's a gentleman in Ellsworth. So it's just such a... It holds up because yeah. it it doesn't do the things you expect it to do. Yeah, no, no, I agree with all of that. Yeah, uh, and when you give us Walcott, mm-hmm. a person who doesn't respect women, you hate him. Yeah, yeah, and he is very much the bad guy. Yeah, well, and we didn't talk about Sai as we're coming to an end. What do mm-hmm. you think about him as the bad? Like, I mean, Powers Booth is just awesome, and he's just chewing on cigars and chewing up scenery, and that's his job. But like, yeah. 
what do you think of his progression this season? And, and you know, because he's very much a caricature. Yes, I think he probably he's probably the other one, actually, that does suffer a little bit this season because but his, his character is having the power taken away from him, isn't he? So therefore, we have to feel that in, in the show. Um, I mean, yeah, he's still exceptional. I don't feel like I really miss it, if I'm honest. As you said, like, when we move away from the gem, I you want to go back there. So yeah. when we go to the Bella Union, it's okay. And then Shazami is even, it's like a step down, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Bella Union's a step down from the gem and the Shazami is a step yeah, down yeah. from the Bella that's so, that's it exactly, isn't it? Yeah. And and the people that size got around him, because he's left with nothing better, but having Con and having Leon as his mate as his main guys. They suck. Yeah. He they knows suck. they suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best part, is like, God, you guys are the worst. Where's Eddie? I'd rather have him stabbing me in the back. At least he's interesting to talk to. <laughs> yeah. But again, I mean, is it is it a commentary? Is it a commentary on him, you know? Believing he's the the white power, sure. But yeah, he doesn't know where you know. There's always a there's always a bigger white power out there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's all very deliberate. And as good as Powers Booth is, he's not as good or as integral. I don't think to the camp or to the show as the people who gain screen time this season. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's totally true. And I love the woo and Swearingen. I'm dying. Guy, oh. <laughs> and it shot perfectly too. The 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 cinematographer knew exactly how to catch that. It's just yeah. e- epic. Well, yeah, it's amazing how well this holds up. Like, yes. my, still, yeah. Buffy is still my favorite show in the mm-hmm. world, in the history of the world. It does not hold up as well as, well as fucking Deadwood. It's crazy I, to me. Like, I I'm always gonna like Buffy more than this, but like, mm-hmm. this is better. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm exactly the same boat. Like, you, yeah. as we as we discussed, and why this show started on Buffy is because of how much yeah. it means to us, because of yeah. watching it when it was a show. But um, yeah, there's a reason why this is in my top five shows of all time, and why I watch it pretty regularly. Yeah, despite it being difficult to watch at times, and despite there not being that breadth of episodes to watch. Um, you know, you're only ever going back and watching 36 episodes, but it's actually not such a terrible thing. No, 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 no. It's you mean, like, better than watch watching 108. Yeah. You know, you know, you're going to watch, and you, yeah. you know, it's you're getting into it because you're going to see this massive long arc, and you're going to see characters go through loads of stuff. You're not going to get that in Deborah because it's 36 episodes and it's tight in and out, but it's it's 36 episodes of just pure quality. And I haven't obviously finished it nor watched the movie, but and I know it was a shock. People thought they'd get a fourth season, but ultimately, a show like this needs to be short because of. It is a it is about a particular place in time. Like my dad's Zero's favorite show was Mash, which isn't mm. good, which doesn't hold up, and historically is unfunny, in my opinion. And you can I've all the Mash. It's not good. Um, it was his favorite show. Okay, it was supposed to take place during the Korean War, which was like four years or five years of real time, but the show ran for like eleven years. <laughs> it wasn't funny. There was a laugh track on a. It just wasn't funny. Like historically, I, and I know it was like the, everybody loved it. I mean, I watched every episode because my dad watched it. I've seen them all. Like I sat with Cyril and we watched MASH and he talked about MASH and he could tell you who was on every episode of MASH. And this is the one that had Patrick Swayze on it. And this was the one that had um, Ronnie Howard on it. And this is this one. And he knows. And he's always right. 
we whatever we'd be watching, he'd be like, oh, that guy was on MASH. Mm-hmm. Like, I probably, the guy who plays Mr. Wu, he's of an age that he was probably on MASH. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, right, everybody, Powers Booth was probably on MASH, is what I'm saying. Like, everybody made their way through MASH at one point in time. But it's like, I think it's really bad and it doesn't hold up. And I wouldn't tell anybody to watch it. But like, mm-hmm. it has this sense of grandeur. And what I'm what I'm noticing about a show like this, though, is like, it doesn't outstay its way. Like, and again, so it may be tragic that it was cut too short, but sometimes that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. another HBO show that I think we could probably watch at one point in time, The Newsroom, did not overstay its welcome. And much mm-hmm. to my chagrin, I'm I, during the Trump presidency, I was desperate for The Newsroom to come back. Like I was desperate for Aaron Sorkin to come back and be like, here we go. Um, talk about like a guy who must have loved Star Trek, but like didn't write Star Trek. Right. <laughs> I mean, the speechifying and all this stuff and all the things. Um but anyway, so it's just, it, 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 I get what you're saying, why you revisit it all the time. I mean, I will going forward. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not going to be the last time I watch this. Um, it's just really, it is exceptional, exceptional performances across the board. Even the person who's just like listed as Jim Hoare, you know, yeah, sure. they're all, yeah, and that's yeah. unfortunate, yeah. but they're acting their fucking ass off. Mm. So, and the writers are writing their ass off and the directors are directing their ass off and the. And as we said, right, the, right yeah. everybody, I mean, just the way that Trixie was shot. And again, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I always say this about my love for Donna Reed. And it was obviously the camera, the way that the camera loves Donna Reed and the way that Francis Ford or Francis Ford Coakley, um, Frank Capra loved Donna Reed and the way he loved to light Donna Reed. And, the, you know, it's like, but she's lovely, but also you made her look that way. <laughs> you know, like, I just feel like they love Trixie and mm-hmm. they're oh. really they want us to love her. She's just shot in such a perfect way. I don't know. Yeah, I do. Team nice. Trixie. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're coming to an end. Um, dude, thanks for saying. Thanks for doing Olafant season. Yeah. No, I'm loving it. Yeah. All right. Well, so we didn't because of life and time and everything. We did not get to um, Sleeper Volume Two. So. We're either doing Sleeper Season 2 next or we're doing this Season 3. Something soon, in a few weeks, yes. we'll be back talking yeah. more stuff um, that we love. Us talking yes. about stuff. We two white dudes talking about stuff because it's the internet. Absolutely. But I'd love to do Sleeper uh, Season 2, yeah. Yeah, let's do that next. Yeah, it's a yeah. monster. I mean, I just sent you the picture, didn't I? Of the, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Of the omnibus I got from the Well, library. the funny thing and is the one that I, I got from the library woman was like, The one I got whoa. from the library wasn't that. So I, I can get that one digitally. So you read that one and I'll pick the digital one up. And then that way okay. we can read the nice. same one. Because the one I got was not that. Oh, shame. But okay. then I but, saw I mean, that one existed. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, well, we've covered half of it already. But um, yeah. it was the only right. way I could get a physical copy of. But there's of... more in it. But the one that you had, there's more in it. Okay, fine. There's All like right. extra stuff in Sleeper Volume 2 that isn't in the one that I had. That's uh, in the Omnibus. So I, no, no, it's good. Because I wanted it and I went going back and forth. And so this makes me do it. Cool. Darn, I have to more read more Ed Brubaker. So anyway, that's what's coming up next, people. Jack, tell me, um, this is going to come out sometime in October. What's happening mm. on the filmography? Who's stay are we stating? Yes. So Expendables literally came out yesterday. Yesterday. Yes, the first yeah, Expendables. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who plows through it. And thank you, Tony, for being my sounding board because poor old Max and I had a bit of a Rough ride recording. The gremlins were assholes. They are. Yeah. 
I decided to release it as was rather than I've never done it yet, but rather than record, I didn't want to I don't re-record, I didn't want to do that. But so that's out, which means the mechanic will be out in a couple of weeks, and that's with Glyn making his first appearance. And I think that, that's come out really well. And then a real big swerve into Nomeo and Juliet. With Mike and Megan. With, as I've been describing them, Comics Emotions own Star Cross Lovers. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I know. Yeah. Oh, that'll be Fun. fantastic. Oh, so those will be coming up. And then I've got this, obviously. I've got, um, I just interviewed Elliot, as I said. I think that actually came out last week because I think I'm going to flip the two because he, his, or Emmett, because his comic is coming out. So he asked me to mm-hmm. put that out. Um, I'm going to be on um, Humming Fools. It's Kyle's art show. Oh, um, cool. And then he asked me to come on um, Evilcast again. As part mm-hmm. of his stable of people, and we are going to do um, the Lost Boys, oh, which nice. I know I've already done with uh, with with uh, VHS Strikes Back. But you can't, you can't, you can't do, watch. No, you can't not. Wa- I mean, if he gave me three to choose from, <laughs> and the funny thing was, it's like he gave me Night of the Comet, which I've already done with Dan, mm-hmm. Lost Boys, which I've done on VHS, and then Dawn of the Dead '78. Mm. I'm like, and those are, and he gave me a few more, and I was like, these are my three. You pick, and I and I should have just said Dawn because I hadn't covered that one yet. Mm-hmm. You know, darn, I got to watch Romero. But no, it's good. He picked Lost Boys because we've done other vampires, so that's what's coming up. And then obviously other comics and motion things. I've got other interviews with other creators and um, stuff. All good stuff. All good stuff. And so we're we're gonna go now because we've only got a few minutes before we have to go, and we need to talk about City Primeval off air, not being recorded. <laughs> All right. So let's listen to that gorgeous theme song on the way out. Oh, I love it. And maybe get a super cut of some, maybe you'll hear Wu say San Francisco cocksucker before you hear it. There's a good <laughs> chance. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Take care. San Francisco cocksucker. I have got to meet him. Swedgen, San Francisco cocksucker, meet. San Francisco cocksucker and Swedgen. Got to meet. Swedgen, Wu. Hey, day. Wu and Swedgen. Hang down.